Uh, Florida State is not done in the 2023 quarterback room. And we've got the latest there. Florida State extends offers on the same day to Brock Glenn and Ricky Collins, who Ricky Collins is actually a Big Ten commit to Purdue right now. Brock Glenn previously was competing in Nashville with 2023 quarterback commit Chris Parson. Ended up actually getting an invite to the Elite 11 finals. A lot going on here because, you know, I think some Florida State fans, you know, they've, you know, they, they've got Chris Parson, really talented quarterback um, out of Tennessee. But then maybe some question marks of why are they going after two more? It's kind of plain and simple here, Dustin. You might be able to relay that a little bit better to the listeners. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD, Florida State or Die, and Go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here's Fear, presented to you by NoelGameDay.com. We are here on a rainy and nasty Thursday evening in Tallahassee, Florida, but the gentlemen are still with us. This evening, the show doesn't stop. With me at the top is Austin Vizi, lead basketball writer, NoelGameDay.com. And down below is lead writer and editor, Dustin Lewis. Gentlemen, we are here back again, and it is May. Nothing is going on, but we're going to keep the entertainment coming. Yeah, you know, where? where's the guest at? Where's the guest, and where is another Jimbo versus Saban It's a little drama. in here. We need more drama in college Every week, bro. Like, you know, there's a guest showing up, a guest is going to show up, and then it's just these same yeah. three stupid faces. Yeah. Well, Dustin, I thought, was going to hook it up for us this week. VZ, did we not hear I that tried. over the weekend? I got I got we, stiff-armed. We did get here. We did hear a couple times that Dustin was supposed to handle it, and he did not handle it, apparently. Yeah. Well, uh, I was pretty confident, and I, I don't know. We're in I deep was, trouble. I was done wrong. That's all we're, I can say. We're in deep trouble, but we are in the works of fixing that. So I, I promise you that we're going to try to find some people. Maybe they just don't want to hang out with us. I do think they do. We just got to figure out schedules. But it's that's that bad right. of a podcast, huh? It's that bad. We've we can't really get, we can't get one person to come on. <laughs> we can't even, you... our own, can't even get our own normal co-host at this point. <laughs> Dang, poor Nate, man. Poor Nate gets mixed out. But yeah, we're we're in, we're in some trouble right now, but that's okay. Um, we're just gonna have to go find Carlos. Someone call Carlos and get him on. We gotta talk 2013 again for the 18th time. Anyways, we have a little bit to talk about. Florida State landed a offensive lineman transfer from Charlotte. We'll talk about Dimitri Emmanuel and our thoughts on that pickup for Alex Atkins and Mike Norvell's offense. Uh, we'll talk a couple offers here, including a potential offer here from JUCO offensive lineman Makai Lee that we got to talk with earlier this week. We also got some offers on the quarterback side with Brock Glenn and Ricky Collins, two 2023 quarterbacks. As we know, Florida State currently has a talented quarterback already on its uh, in the fold with Chris Parson. So that will be a discussion that we'll be having tonight. And then we'll finish it off with a little bit of the latest on the NFL side with some Knowles. And we're going to talk three defensive players with a chance to break out in 2022. We got some game times announced too. This is really the thick of May right now, where really what we get to talk about is some offers and some game times being announced. Nothing's more exciting than that, but appreciate everybody hanging out with us. As always, you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. We're going to go through the offseason together. 
promise you uh, things are going to get a little bit more interesting once we get into June with a lot more visits happening and Dustin sitting out in the moor being sunburnt like crazy. So it's going to be entertaining. Yeah, my forehead just recently healed, but I'm ready to go get burned all over again. Perfect. Yep. Sunscreen times 50. That's what you're going to need. I need SPF 100, actually. 50, 50 clearly didn't work. This was the result of 50. Or you yeah. should apply it more than once. I mean, look yeah. at my face. I can't take much more damage to this thing. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky you got married while you did. Right? In my prime. Uh, yeah, in your prime. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. In your prime. Uh, let's get started here. <laughs> Florida State is beefing up that offensive line after what they saw this spring. Florida State lands Dimitri Emmanuel Charlotte transfer offensive lineman on a one-year tie here in Tallahassee. Speaking of ties, obviously you think of Alex Atkins, where his previous stop was being a really great coach up there in Charlotte. Uh, this is a guard type of body, 6'2", 300. One thing that is worth noting here, which I think is kind of a trend for Norvell and what they like to bring into the locker room, this guy is old. <laughs> this is this is an older player, veteran guy, has been around Charlotte since 2017. And if you go back to 2017, guys – that's three FSU coaches that have been through the fold. Jimbo Fisher was coaching a game <laughs> against Alabama and Atlanta. You had oh, Willie Taggart go through, and now you have Mike Norvell. This cat has been playing college football for a while now. But like I said, this is a guard guy. Still is versatile, and that's worth noting there. You can kind of move him around. You hope that you don't really have to move him around. But Coach Atkins and them are most likely going to look at him at a guard spot. But we heard from Mike Norvell he said a few things about having Dimitri in the fold. He said, we're excited to have Dimitri and that he's joined the Knoll family. He brings a tremendous amount of starting experience and proven leadership qualities to our program. Dimitri has been an all-conference performer as part of successful teams, and his blocking has helped playmakers shine. He will help us continue to develop by adding more competition among our offensive line. So a nice addition here, much needed. But what's your first thoughts on the pickup here for Alex Atkins, Lou? Yeah, I think this is a, a pretty good grab for Florida State. You know, when, when you look at Emmanuel, this is a guy that Atkins has already previously worked with in the past. Um, in 2019, he coached at Charlotte for one season, so they worked together. And from that point on, you know, Emmanuel, you mentioned he came in in 2017. 2017, 2018, he didn't really contribute. Atkins comes in, he starts a career-high 12 games and then starts the final 24 games that he appeared in at Charlotte at um, both tackle spots and and at one of the guard spots. But coming into Florida State, you know, he's, he's probably not an offensive tackle, being a guy who's 6'2", probably around 300 pounds. So he would slot in perfectly at one of those guard spots or, you know, even as a top backup at those spots. And he can definitely – take some reps at tackle in emergency situations, but he's probably not someone you're you're trotting out there as your starter at tackle. Maybe you get some reps throughout the games and different situations, but I really see his main impact being on the in- interior for Florida State. And I think the biggest thing is he's, like Logan mentioned, he's old. We, we've talked about this. Is, <laughs> it's a young team, and to, to have some seniority and some leadership, I think that's going to be huge for a young team that needs to win some games for Norvell to have – for Norvell to keep going, really. Yeah, no, Norvell really likes to bring in older guys. You look at McKenzie Millen, you look at Jermaine Johnson. He looks at a lot of veterans from previous stops to bring inside of his locker room, and that's something that since the progression of this culture inside of that locker room, Norvell has been wanting to do, and there's a lot of maturity that needed to be changed inside of there, and that's what he's doing, and I don't think that's just that as being a leader and a guy that with a lot of experience, but this is also big time for death because when I was out there, and you are also out there a few times, D. Lou, Watching the offensive line, we went into that spring, all of us on here, we felt pretty good. We were like, wow, this could be a, a position group that we're not so worried about and like it was in previous years. But then after the spring and going through the motions there and seeing, you know, maybe it was just Florida State's defensive line dominating. But the depth problem, you go back to this past season, too, and you've got guys that haven't even played the damn position before being put in different roles at away games. And that's something you just, you, you can't have. And it puts the whole offensive line in a pretty difficult spot and hurts your, your, hurts your overall offense for sure. And so I think Florida state saw that 
they went in the spring. That's why you have a spring. That's thank God there is a spring because they're able to learn. That's just not going to work. We got to have more beef. We got to add more guys in there. And I'll be honest, it didn't look great. I mean, you still got your, your starting guys in there. Some guys a little still dinged up and guys weren't fully healthy, full throttle throughout the spring, but still, I mean, I think you feel pretty good. You feel maybe strong about your, your starter group, but if someone drops down, you're in some trouble, but this is where Dimitri Emmanuel can come in and either take a spot. He could start if need be, but he can fill in the void there with some really good experience in the college level. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it, <clears throat> nailed it on the head. Um, last year, when Florida State lost someone in that starting group, the the offensive line just just fell apart. You know, we saw it a, a couple times as that unit dealt with injuries, and same thing this spring. You're feeling pretty comfortable with those top five guys. You know, you've got five or six guys that, that you really like. Uh, Robert Scott, Dylan Gibbons, Marie Smith, Caden Lyles, Darius Washington, and Bless Harris. Now you add a manual to that. So you have seven guys that you should feel pretty comfortable working with in the fall. And then the hope is maybe someone like Lloyd Willis, Rod Orr, Thomas Schrader. The light turns on there for one of those guys, and you can have eight or nine potential contributors. And, you know, injuries are just a thing that's going to happen in football, especially – up front on the offensive line where, where those guys are getting after it every single play. So you've got to have a nice, a nice little buildup of depth behind them to be able to supplement those uh, eventual injuries. Yeah. And going back to a little bit, uh, some background here on Dimitri's from originally North Carolina. I uh, started 25 total games. I uh, hit a consecutive 24 starts, which I got to go ahead and put that right there right now. I mean, for for that coming in and looking back at Florida State's stable of offensive linemen, being able to play just a consistent season alone and not being hurt, I'll take that right there for me. Um, you know, a guy that can stay healthy throughout a season, multiple season. You know, this is a guy that's just coming in on a on a one year deal, but just the factor of him being able to stay healthy and play is big. But like we talked about earlier, he can be moved around if need be. And I don't think that's what Florida State necessarily wants to uh, rely on, but during his time at Charlotte, uh, played a little bit of left tackle, right tackle, and left guard up there uh, for the 49ers. Um, he started all seven games, um, played in 2021 with five starts at left guard and two starts at right tackle. So he, he can be shifted around and understands maybe what package he's going to be put into. And, you know, I think the ties with Alex Atkins helps a lot here and Florida State's, I think emphasis is going to be on that run game a lot this upcoming season. I know that they brought in a lot of transfers at wide receiver. And I do think there's some guys with some playmaking abilities. Uh, this room is a lot better than it was last year looking at it, but this run game, which I'm really excited for, I think we're going to talk a lot about it this off season, but this run game and the versatility of different kinds of backs is going to be huge. And, you know, the ways for those guys to get going is offensive line and up front. And this is something Dimitri Emmanuel can do. Uh, he can block very well uh, in the run game. If you guys go look at some of his film, that's something that um, he does. He does very well. I think there's a few um, stats here. Definitely looking back at, at his time in the 49ers, uh, their offense there, they held a school record average of 203 yards per game while blocking for the first team all conference running back Benny LeMay um so you know his his rushing his rush blocking is pretty decent and that's something Florida State's going to utilize uh, quite a bit so just another worth another good note there yeah and you know of course you would love to land a, a six foot five six foot six offensive tackle to come in and shore up that unit but there just haven't been a ton of quality um options available in the transfer portal to this point you know, FSU is still looking at that um, offensive tackle out of South Carolina. So we'll see what happens there. And um, Logan, I know you mentioned it earlier, but you've got the Juco offensive lineman, uh, Makai Lee, who's going to be on campus in early June. And if he picks up an offer and, and finishes out academically, um, signs are pointing to, to Florida State being a strong contender in that recruitment. And even after the addition of Emmanuel, you still have, I believe, unofficially 80 – 81 out of 85 scholarships allocated, so still four spots remaining, and there's there's going to be a, a JUCO defensive back, a 2022 guy on campus in June as well. So Florida State exploring different options to try and fill out the last couple of spots leading up to the fall. 
Yeah, Makai talked with uh, Nate earlier this week. This is a big cat here. You know, uh, I like big guys. Um, you quit definitely cat. No, I said it only once. I took off like a couple we're months from saying point. it. Yeah, no, we're, no. We're, we're I had my that. y'all had like a two month break from it. I'm back, baby. Definitely, if we're talking about about big boys up front, this is a big cat. This is a big big boy that you probably want to have a tackle with Florida State. Definitely, uh, definitely needs. Uh, but Makai Lee is probably, you know, going to grab that offer from Florida State. There's, uh, you know, a math class that's getting that's got to go through, and then I would expect Coach Atkins to uh, extend an offer to him. Um, but six six, three hundred and fifteen pounds, um, and, and a true that that's a true tackle size right there. Florida State needs one. And that opens up a lot of options. I think that's what Coach Atkins is wanting. Uh, he's scheduled for June 10th and the 12th. Uh, I think he's going to take a week off and then make the decision. It seems like it's down to two. Uh, Florida State and Missouri, if that offer is indeed extended to Makai and things go right there. Um, and I would expect you know Florida State to be in a good spot. So Florida State on the potential here, you know, getting out of you know mid-June, end of June, you know, adding on at least at least two more offensive linemen. And you're seeing an emphasis on that because of what you saw, what happened last year and what we saw this spring, you know, you got, you got to find some more help up there. It's just not going to be able to work with those starting five. Yeah. And, and it would be huge to, to add Lee alongside Emmanuel. And then, you know, I, I said it a couple minutes ago, you've got now seven offensive linemen you feel about, if you can get up to eight with Lee and then one of those other guys, younger guys, uh, starts to blossom in, in the fall where you feel comfortable enough adding them into the rotation, then you've got nine or ten. And that's what you need in this day day and age of college football. You, you've got to have guys ready to go. And Florida State, with the way that room was decimated um, ever since the end of the Jimbo Fisher era and the Willie Taggart era, they've slowly been rebuilding that depth and you're finally getting there where the starting unit you feel good about, but you've got to have those guys behind them and it's going to help. There's still some young guys in that room, obviously the freshmen that, that are coming in, in in that 2022 class. So a lot to feel comfortable, comfortable about moving into the future, but still some youth to deal with uh, at the present. Yeah. You're not going to see our You're not going to see sap. Yeah. Um, not even what coming in and start, you know, those guys aren't going to be, Pivotal starters right off the bat. Great for developing them, just like Dotchie Richardson, who I thought had a really had a really good spring just for being a freshman in there, which I'm really excited for uh, Richardson. But these guys aren't going to play an impact uh, and come in their first season. This is a big emphasis on bringing experienced guys in at the college level, and that's exactly what Florida State needs. So um, we'll continue to keep some coverage there on what the staff is trying to do there on the offensive line. Uh, Florida State just got some game times announced just a couple of hours ago. Uh, Florida State's home opener, season opener against Duquesne has been announced. That's going to be a 5 o'clock kickoff in Tallahassee on week zero. And then Florida State is going to be traveling over to Louisville, I believe, on September 16th, if I'm correct. Yep, September 16th at 7 p.m. That is a Friday night game. Another Friday. This, this season is so weird, guys. It's all over the place with Sunday night games, Friday night games. Is there a, thir- is there a Thursday night game somewhere? No, I, I checked. I was like, come Dang on, it. let there be a Thursday game or like um, just a Monday, like just some ran- something random. Dang it, man. But yeah, you play on three different days. So. Am I the one that kind of likes it, though? I kind of like it because you like get your whole Saturday just to watch other games. Yeah, yeah. You get, a little, you get a little bit of variance that you can. You don't have to worry just about Saturday about FSU. You can watch some other good games. Yep. Oh yeah. No, I I'm. Like it. I, I, the, it took me a little bit. I'll be honest. Probably like a lot of other uh, Florida State fans. You know, watching that Florida game be on a Friday night, and you know, it took me a minute. I'm like, oh man, come on, it can't be a Saturday. But then I'm like, uh, that won't be too bad. Uh, you know, going into Doak Friday night. Then Saturday, having a clean slate of nothing to do um, afterwards, really. I think I'll it'll take be bad. it. It'll be bad for Austin because that's Black Friday. Pretty miserable. Shoes yeah. are going off the shelves, buddy. Shoes are going off the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. The hey. Celtics got to sell. Hey. No, he's and probably going to be making it. Sell, so I, wouldn't be, be me. I wouldn't be complaining <laughs> then. Nope. Exactly. 
No, but those games got announced. So the season opener is going to kick off at five. You know, no reason to even dive into this at all. It's a Duquesne, but you know what? You know, are you sure? I was about to say, I know. Experienced. Yeah, I had a conversation with my dad at dinner tonight. I've been studying some film uh... over over the last couple weeks. (laughs) It is kind of crazy that we already know. We already know a third of the schedule times, and it's May. Yeah. Yeah. Because normally you're waiting until sometimes the week of. Yeah. Well, sometimes you're waiting until the yeah, week of to get the to get the game time. You don't know if it's going to be at twelve or three thirty. They've got their different that. flex times and stuff. Yeah, for some games. That, especially if FSU is a lot better than people expect, and you know, going down to Miami, that could be an eight o'clock game if both teams are you know relevant enough. I hope not. <laughs> oh man, it's not going to happen. Optimism. You know, we can wish for it. Right, optimism, baby. We're going to go into New Orleans. You know, we're going to see Florida State. You know, they're going to win that first game, and we're going to be just all optimism when we get in New Orleans. Um, I, I will say that is a good spot, though, Dustin, to be if we're down there and they, if Florida State does lose, we are in a good spot with a lot of liquor and a lot of partying. So that is perfect for – I'm hitting the roulette table. So you'll you'll know before Sunday if Florida State's going to win or not, depending on how – so if Florida State loses, you also lose all your money too, right? You just add on to it. Well, yeah, I got to go win a lot of money at roulette and then go place a giant bet on on Florida State money line, obviously, because they're the underdog and <laughs> oh, rake yeah. it in. Rake it, baby. VZ, you said you don't know if you're coming down in, to the no, you, New Orleans? Yeah, I don't know yet. It's ex- it's expensive. It is. My, my dad it's was an expensive about flight it. from Charlotte to New Orleans for some reason. And that's yeah, no, it's a it's a little it's a little tricky, but so, yeah, we'll see. Drive it out. I would I would love to. I love New Orleans. Great food city. Arguably the best food city. Wow, 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 wow. I know it's a strong claim, but that's it's a fun city. I've been there a few times and want to go back, but I don't know if it could be this time. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to. It. I love how we're supposed to talk Duquesne and Louisville, but I honestly don't. Who I cares? Give two flying Fs right now. All I care about is New Orleans and drinking. I'll be honest with you, and some good food. No, no more than ten people knew who Duquesne was before the schedule was announced. All I'm saying is, FSU <laughs> lost to the last FCS team they played, and oh, here we go. They, they've lost the last two years to Louisville. So we've got to start diving in, bud. We got to get a guest on from Duquesne whenever that week zero is coming, boys. We got to hope you know we starting a week early. We starting a week early. We don't. We got a short off season. Tough. We're, we're on here every week anyway. Well, that is true. Well, I'm talking about like work, work, like like we're we're having to go to the stadium and stuff. Don't you don't really it. do it. Yeah, you don't really do it. Yeah, you don't really work. Krishan Sap, Jay's worried. Jay's worried. Dustin, should Jay should Jay be worried about Krishan Sap arriving in Tallahassee? Um, he should Freshman be. What's today? Today's Thursday. Um, I, I I traded messages with him a week or or two weeks ago, and he said that he would be arriving in Tallahassee on may 28th so looks like saturday he'll be here to finalize the enrollment process and and get all moved in and Jarrell powers is already on campus not quite sure about jalen earlier or julian armella at this time but both of them are are set and ready to go they'll be here shortly as well either by the end of this month or or early june okay good sign i know we're keeping an eye out for everybody Everybody, including Destin Hill, right? And Woody. That's right, Antavius Woody, which I, me and Nate, we're very excited for Woody. If he if he can make it into Tallahassee, I think that is one of your most talented guys in the class. I mean, he is, but uh, I like that. Apparently, apparently there's some rising optimism there that he's going to get it done academically and make it into Florida State without having to go to junior college. So if so, that would be a huge development. And so if you were to get Woody – and Hill and the Florida State that bumps your scholarships up to eighty three out of eighty five. That means you have two remaining. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you get uh, Makai Lee, the JUCO. You get that safety that's coming in June. I can't. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. I think it's Jaden Pearson um, from the twenty twenty two class, a JUCO defensive back. There's your eighty five. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Nope. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting June to say the least because you know you also got summer C classes going on and you know you're keeping an eye out for for that signee 
from the 2021 class with Destin Hill. So it's going to be everybody's going to have their eyes open and peeled outside the moor, I'm sure, in June. And I know you'll be out there quite a bit for some recruiting visits and some camps. So busy June ahead for Florida State. And we're making it through May. We're almost done. It's it's May 26th. So last podcast in May. We've We've made it through one of the rough parts. Uh, Florida State is not done in the 2023 quarterback room. And we've got the latest there. Florida State extends offers on the same day to Brock Glenn and Ricky Collins, who Ricky Collins is actually a Big Ten commit to Purdue right now. Brock Glenn previously was competing in Nashville with 2023 quarterback commit Chris Parson. Ended up actually getting an invite to the Elite 11 Finals. A lot going on here because, you know, I think some Florida State fans, you know, they've, you know, they, they've got Chris Parson, really talented quarterback um, out of Tennessee. But then maybe some question marks of why are they going after two more? It's kind of plain and simple here, Dustin. You might be able to relay that a little bit better to the listeners. Yeah, you know, it may seem like a little bit of surprise to the fans for now Florida State to be pursuing two quarterbacks. And from the gate, that was something the staff has kind of been thinking about, just looking at the the current state of the room and the 2023 class and the transfer portal and trying to put it all together on deciding which route they want to go down. And, you know, obviously this week they decided to go ahead and pursue two quarterbacks in the 2023 class and it has nothing to do with Chris Parson, you know, from from the FSU side. They've, they've expressed that they still love what Chris Parson is going to bring to this program. You know, they, they love his mentality and, and they love the potential that he has. And now they just want to add another guy alongside him. So next year, barring, you know, there, there's always attrition in college football. And Jordan Travis, he's been in college now for five years. He could very well leave Florida State after the fall. And you look at Tate Rodemaker, he could possibly leave as well if, if he wants to get a shot to – go and start elsewhere. So then you're down to just A.J. Duffy if that scenario was to happen. Um, so it's kind of important, I would say, looking at it from from that standpoint to try and grab two signal callers in this class. And Florida State, they're obviously familiar with um, Brock Glenn. He was on campus in March for an unofficial visit, and they've kind of kept up the communication a little bit since then just in case they were to decide to go and take two quarterbacks. and. That happened earlier this week. They extend the offer, and um, Broglin as well as Collins are both expected to be on campus in June. Yep. So the big thing here, I know everybody was freaking out in the Discord on Twitter, like, what what is this going to do to Chris Parson? It seems like Florida State has been pretty communicative, you know, with Parson, letting him know, you know, this is what the game plan is, you know, now. Um, with going after with two more quarterbacks. And I think that's just the overall smart thing to do. You know, I don't think, you know, we luckily have been, you know, close throughout the recruitment of Parson. You know, I don't think he's scared of any kind of competition. It's just how Florida state wants to do it in this class and bring in some depth, which is much needed right now. You know, I'm worried about Florida state's quarterback room. I am absolutely worried about it. heading in this upcoming season, I'll be honest, you know, sadly 2023 class ain't going to help with it at all with this upcoming season but that's just because there was no good game planning there. In my opinion, you know, you also lost some commitments too, that you were supposed to grab, but going into this upcoming season, you've got Jordan Travis who, you know, knock on wood, you know, the things with him has just been health. But if you lose Jordan Travis, I don't think there's a starting caliber quarterback right now on Florida States and Florida States room. And that's a, that's a scary thought. And so this is something that Norvell and then staff are trying to fix going into 2023 to where, you know, you're starting to build up a lineup of talented guys. You know, you can try to grab a high profile star there and then try to go after maybe some lower guys, but they want to bring in some true talent to where there's a competitive edge there. And now with the transfer portal, that opens up options for guys to say, Hey, yeah, I'll come compete. Things don't work out. And maybe there's some options at uh, some other places, but they have to find a better fixer fix in that quarterback room because right now it's not, doesn't look pretty. Yeah, and really it just came down to there There were no fits in the transfer portal that Florida State was was very interested um, in pursuing this offseason. And they've communicated that with Chris Parson, you know, since since the beginning of the new year that there was a possibility that they would always go after two quarterbacks in this class. And 
from what I understand, there, there was a talk between both parties prior to these offers going out. And Chris Parson was not, you know, it, it didn't come out of the blue that, that these offers emerged on Tuesday. He was aware, he, he is aware of that fact. And it is a little interesting because he has a, um, a little bit of familiarity with Brocklin, obviously both of them competing in the state of Tennessee. Logan, you mentioned them at that elite um, 11 event. When I spoke to, I spoke to Brocklin last night, he actually told me that him and Parson had talked a little bit over social media and they were talking throughout the day at the camp and he had, he had nothing but high remarks to say um, about Chris. So Brocklin, very well-spoken kid. I, I can read off some of the quotes and I'm trying to get in contact uh, with Collins as well. Yeah. Uh, Collins, definitely another really impressive uh, quarterback there. And so you're trying to con just continue to build not really depth here, but you're, you're talking about potential starters uh, at Florida state competing against one another. So uh, I'm glad to see, you know, Florida state did their, they're doing their due diligence and also having good communication with their current commits. And that's obviously starting off with their bell cow, Chris Parson, who has done a really phenomenal job of building these relationships with a lot of these recruits across the country and continuing to, to be a bell cow and help out recruiting and, you know, communication goes both ways that that's definitely a uh, big time uh, for you know them to build a nice 2023 class which i know it's kind of been slow to start off in may maybe but seems like things are definitely going to start picking up here in the latter half of the month definitely heading into june so we'll keep an eye on those two um offers there um like i said we'll most likely get some interviews after visits have been made too hopefully uh I thought we'd jump into this real quick. Uh, talk about some three. We put out a piece earlier this week talking about three defensive players with a really good chance of breaking out this upcoming season. And I know that there's definitely a lot that you could put together here of some guys that have some really good chances of playing a really big time impact in the Florida State that we might have not really seen make an impact in previous years. And I thought we'd kind of just kind of do a little round table here real quick before, you know, there's not a lot of basketball stuff going on. So trying to get some content, but <laughs> that's all, that's what I'm doing here. Trying to find some content for us, but uh, I, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. Um, if I were to pick someone right now, at least from looking at the spring, who's going to break answer. out and be a star on defense. Who do you think I'm going to go with? Who do you think I'm going to go with? <laughs> Derek McClendon. Yeah, I mean, if we're going off of guys that haven't played in previous times at Florida State, because we can't, you can't count Bethune, you can't count Jared Verse here. Yeah, no transfers, of course. Yep, they got to be previous. They had to been on the roster the year prior or more. Probably, probably your top guy would be Derek McClendon, a guy that's really worked on his body. We've seen a lot of training videos. I don't know if you guys have seen him on social media, but he just continues to work on his body, man. You can thank speed. me. Oh yeah, you've been training him. You've been no, giving him the diet. I'm always, I'm always on his Instagram lives when he's playing basketball, and I'm like, dunk it, dunk it. <laughs> I finally got him to dunk it one time, and I was like, yes, and I left. <laughs> <laughs> so you can thank me. I was really getting him to to boost that athleticism. Nice, good job. I'm really proud of you. You better hope he doesn't get hurt. Then we're all gonna start blaming you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm definitely excited for uh, Derek McGlynn. I think he's a breakout star. Uh, and and the works because he's a potential he's going to be a starter uh, this upcoming season you know we always saw in the spring um, it's just crazy what he did with his body man I remember him wearing that 55 he'd be on the inside on the defensive line like yeah man that guy is fast but now that he's trimmed up a lot of pounds I wonder how much he how much he's lost I mean it's got to be 20 20 something pounds maybe even more than that and he's trimmed up well he's fast off the edge He's going to play a, a pivotal factor, you know, trying to replace what Florida State had with Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas. Those two guys played uh, one and two kind of tandem uh, on games. You go back to the Miami game, you know, Jermaine Johnson, if he wasn't grabbing a sack, you know, bringing pressure and you had Keir Thomas coming in to clean up. This is what you're going to hope with Derek McLennan on one of those sides, at least, you know, don't know what you got on the other side. Jared first, um, you got Briggs too. You're 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 hoping a lot in and Micklin in this upcoming season, but I'm definitely I think that's a, a guy that has a really high chance of breaking out this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely got to be 
the number one guy that that we're talking if we're talking about guys breaking out in 2022 that that haven't flashed trem- tremendously um, yeah. previously in their careers, it's got to be him because he's just taken so many steps forward um, physically this off season and his confidence has come a long way as his skills have improved. And yeah, I've, I really do think he <clears throat> he's in line for a pretty solid season this upcoming year. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just, I was going to say um, another guy on the defensive line to watch, maybe a Jared Jackson type, you know, a guy that's a mm-hmm. rotational defensive tackle who showed some moments last year, but only ended up with, with 10 tackles. Um, you know, we, we saw him step up, especially as a leader, but I think in stepping up statistically this season, he's going to be a big part of that defensive line rotation that, you know, can generate some pass rush when needed. Yeah. Who did you just say? Did you say Briggs? Jackson. Jared Jackson. Oh, Jer- oh man. Jared, I didn't even Jared hear what you Jackson? said. I didn't even hear what you said, and I was about to go in on Jared I feel Jackson. like you've got you've got to put Jared Jackson and, and Malcolm Ray. In the same combo. I was yeah, going to say that Mal- same discussion. Malcolm Ray as well. Well, they're going to be a tandem together. You know, you're going to give Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett some time off the field. You're probably going to be plugging those two guys into a package, which that's a that's that's a nice package to have if you're going to replace Fabian Lovett and Robert Cooper with Malcolm Ray, who we saw have some flashes last year. It wasn't really a breakout, but we saw some nice plays from him. And then, you know, we we know what we kind of got there with Jared. Jackson. I'll say Jared Jackson had a really good spring, and I don't think a lot of people were really noticing that as much, but. I thought he came into camp with, you know, a mission. You know, he's not going to start over Fabian Love. He's not going to start over Robert Cooper. Those guys are NFL products right now. He's not going to start over them, but he's going to have, I think, a really good season. And I really liked what I saw from Jared Jackson. Like VZ said, the leadership role, you know, I was seeing that a lot this spring. And that's something that, you know, you learn right off the bat from your, your coach, Odell Hagens. That's just who he is. He's a veteran guy. And he coaches that unit very well and goes on to develop them into becoming, you know, long tenure defensive lineman in the NFL. But, you know, Jared Jackson, I, I think, is another great pick here. If we're looking for some guys maybe under the covers that you're not maybe thinking of too much, because, you know, we could probably name some guys like, you know, Marion Cooper. You know, we saw those flashes. We saw got to see a national television against Clemson, um, who I think definitely, you know, that's going to he's going to be a guy that's going to be a starter heading into 2022. You know, that that's another cat. If you're looking at a defensive back that has a really high chance. Yeah, and you know, in the in the same vein of putting those two defensive linemen in the same conversation, you've got to talk about um, um, Marion Cooper and, and Kevin Knowles together. You know, two two outstanding true freshmen who, um, at least in Cooper's case, came in. He, Cooper came in in the summer. Knowles was an early enrollee. So, I mean, looking at what Cooper did, breaking into the rotation after getting in late, extremely impressive. And then Knowles as well. You know, he was already making flashes last year during spring practice we were starting to hear his name got an interception in the spring game and then you see it as the season starts to go on both of those guys getting into lineup getting interceptions making plays um in the right moments in big moments um in cooper's case like you mentioned clemson also had a outstanding game um against miami so both of those guys you know it still extremely youthful but there's a ton of talent there and florida state You've got your experience at safety, but you've got to love the the youth and potential that you have at cornerback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus is going ahead and throwing in his pick and saying Akeem Dent here. And I think, you know, he's kind of had – he almost had it his freshman year. If he would have taken down those damn picks, he would have been a top player <laughs> out of everybody. He would have been MVP of the damn season. But Dent, out of probably defensive players, probably him and Verse had the best spring. Um, the coaching staff absolutely loved what they saw from Akeem Dent this spring. Absolutely killed it with multiple takeaways in both scrimmages and was just a star during the practices and watching him battle. There was definitely a big time switch from him. So, I, you know, I, if we we're able to put Dent into that breakout, I would definitely name him, you know, if, he, if he's a candidate to be a breakout star. Um, he's just a veteran guy. He, he's made plays a few times. The biggest thing, if he's going to break out, it's got to be a consistent basis for him. And uh, there's a really high chance that could happen um, looking at what he did during the spring. So um, I think those there's there are definitely some names to keep an eye out for to, to break out. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that hasn't. Well, yeah. What do we if think? Jamie, about if, uh, if Jamie Robinson and Akeem Dent 
didn't have those starting safety spots locked down, I would <laughs> I would go with uh what was Sydney. that? That was my what? dog, bro. The, that no, was a dog? That was not a dog. Uh, that was not he, a he, dog. He, he coughed. He coughed. No, he didn't. <laughs> no shots. You're talking about like, no, you you're... lift him up. Like... No, I don't know if that was a dog down there, VZ. It's a dog no right shot. there, bro. Say excuse if, me, please. If Dent, if Dent and um Jamie Robinson didn't have those spots locked down, I would go with Sidney Williams for sure. Cause really like what I've what I saw from him last year. I know he was banged up with injuries a little bit, but when he was in that lineup and you had him and Robinson together, I mean the the combination of them coming downhill to stop the run was, was pretty impressive to watch at that time. So there's a lot of potential with that unit mm-hmm. yep a lot of people in the comments um and also our guy charleston who did a great job on this article put in sam mccall true freshman defensive back and you know i thought you know had a really good spring too just depends on how much playing time he's going to get but i do think he is going to get some pt this upcoming season there is a dog in your hand now d lou it's licking its lips you don't you have, have peanut butter dog. on you do you you don't have any peanut butter on you do you just because you have a dog in your room doesn't mean it was the one that made the noise. Not on That's... my fingers. <laughs> hmm. Any comment on that, VZ? Nope. None, none is needed. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no. But yeah, Sam McCall, true freshman, has a chance, a guy to chance to break out for sure. Um, I just want to see him play one collegiate game at least. I, I got to see that. But um, these, those are freshmen. Those are guys that you know we're looking for guys that break out that have kind of played previously. Um, but we'll we'll talk a lot about those freshman transfers. It's it's the off season. We got a lot more topics. This is exhilarating content. But we're going to save the rest for later and next week because we need to talk, Jameis. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Oh, go ahead. Oh, wow. Can you mint? Do you guys do you guys think you can mention uh, Deloach in this conversation, or would he you broke out last cons- year? Okay, I I was remember. thinking about it, but he was tied for third on the team in tackles. I was going to say DJ Lundy as well. Um, yeah, but they both had you know almost seventy tackles, so it's kind of <laughs> tough to say that they're going to have a breakout season. But they already played pretty solid last year. You know, they took a big step forward for a linebacker unit that we had a lot of questions about going into last year. Mm-hmm. Now, Deloach, yeah, he had his breakout last season. Uh, That's a good one from Timmy asking about Pat Payton and maybe being a breakout guy. And this is one that hasn't had a lot of college PT yet, but had a improved spring, put on quite a bit of size and had some nastiness to him. And from what we heard from a couple of sources during these scrimmages this spring, really played well. Um, and we got to see it in all of these practices too. Luckily media was available to be out there and all of these, thanks to coach Norvell and the staff, we got to be there and watch these full practices go on when these battles are happening. And, and, you know, this is a guy that like can get chippy sometimes and that's sign me up. I mean, it's a friggin' defensive end. Um, you know, your, your job is to go after and dominate that tackle or whoever's in front of you. And that's what Pat Payton did quite a bit this spring. So I'm, I'm, I'm I've, I'm keeping my eye on Pat Payne a lot. Um, Watch out for number 56. It's possible. You know, I think he's going to be involved in that rotation, but I don't know if he ends up getting enough time to to be considered a a breakout player. Mm -hmm. That would be my only concern. Just, you know, we've talked about how many different guys are in that defensive end room and how many could contribute in different situations, and Payton is definitely going to be one of them. But will he get enough um, consistent playing time? As long as he breaks into that rotation and, and gets meaningful snaps, I think that's all people want to see out of him this year. I don't think anyone's expecting him to go out and get you know five sacks this season. Mm, no. I mean, the helpful thing here regarding PT, D'Lo, is that you no longer have Fuller. So this does push up Pat Payton up quite a bit to hopefully get more into that rotation. But you still got Dennis Briggs. You're looking at Verse. You got McLendon. I think Pat Payton's in that tandem of uh, if there's a package that needs to be done for some rest, for one or two of the guys he gets thrown into that and you know maybe that's what the staff was looking at whenever you know the the exit interview with Krishan Fuller that whole situation there you know Pat Payne I think the the staff likes what they see there's just a higher ceiling and and Payne than maybe what they had in Fuller so we'll see don't forget about Leonard Warner 
Yeah, no, I forgot. I still, I still think he's going to get some snaps. Not, no, not for, a starter, I, but I forgot. He's, he's. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Damn, Vizi even unmuted the mic to put that in there. Damn. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, yeah. It's just like you look at first and you look at thirty-five. Well, like, not like just... a lot, but <laughs> to spell. No, it is harder. good. Veteran, veteran guy, veteran, 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 veteran. You need it. And you, I guys were, you guys were talking about how much you need old guys. Yeah, yeah, you do. You definitely didn't. Leonard didn't Leonard Warner start his college career in 2017 as well? Want to be shocked, but hopefully you'll get that stat for us. Might have been 16. There's no way. <laughs> it, was, it was seven. It was 17. So he's going into same, year year six. A chance. Almost as many as me. Yeah, he was 2017. He was a four star. Oh my god. What he happened? picked Florida State over Georgia, boys. Yeah. I can't believe he was a four-star. That's embarrassing. Well, imagine he comes in under one head coach. Then his next year, he's got a new head coach here. And then a year and a half later for that, he's got another head coach. So yeah. kind of screws up the developmental process. And he had the same I, amount of defensive coordinators in that time as well and got moved around from position to position. So just an unlucky draw, I feel like. Um. I need to I need to comment on this because we're we're getting a lot of messages here from Wade on uh, Facebook. I think uh, Wade is talking about baseball here, and I will go ahead and we'll go ahead and admit to you that we don't really talk baseball on here on this podcast. Um, but not not so happy about maybe the loss to Notre Dame. I guess that game's over. Saying former players are now kitching, kicking our asses. Really, junior is an f up. Make the changes. Woman, woman's team stepped up, providing great shade. So when do we wake up and make needed changes and come back? Honestly, couldn't care less. Yeah, <laughs> FSU lost five to three. Mm, mm. Is that over for them in the ACC tournament? I'm guessing. I don't know how that goes. ACC tournament's tournament. over, and now they're they're waiting to hear which regional they'll play in. Okay. Well, I wish them the best of luck. Um, but no, we don't. We do not cover. Uh, Baseball in here, strictly, I know, even though it's May and there's not much to talk about, we will find anything to talk about football recruiting, maybe even basketball in there, other than baseball. I'm sorry, this is not maybe a baseball podcast. Maybe it's for good reason, losing 5-3 to to, uh, Notre Dame and that tournament being over. Um, Let's move on to Jameis Winston, because I can talk Jameis Winston maybe hours, maybe days. Total Jameis Winston back in OTAs six months after surgery. Isn't that crazy? After knee surgery, participating in the camp. He was limited, though, but we saw right off the bat some deep balls going to Ohio State and their first-round pick, Chris Olave. Jameis looks pretty good. It's a first friggin' day, so there's not much more we can say about it but just good to see Jameis back working man and that's just how he is his mentality we knew he'd come back and his recovery would be pretty fast and we kind of said that right after his injury whenever he was facing the Bucks. like this is a guy if, if you're going to have someone come back and have the mentality to compete and work on himself and get back as strong stronger and better and faster that's probably Jameis Winston but really good to see him back uh, and now participating as much as he can in OTAs yeah, not not surprised at all with uh, the type of person that that Jameis Winston is. You know, he always puts in the extra work off the field, and that's the type of thing that mindset just benefited him throughout this entire rehab process. And it really felt like I, I think it was around less than three months before he was running again and started doing lateral cutting and, and everything like that. And eventually, we saw him back on the field throwing some some fifty yard bombs. So. Um, based based on the signs so far, it really does seem like Jameis is going to be fully healthy by the time training camp rolls it rolls around, and he's going to be a full go full go for New Orleans this year. And, and obviously, the Saints are expecting Michael Thomas back. They added Chris Olave um, in the draft. They they drafted a, a new tackle for Jameis to replace Teron Armstead, and you still got Alvin Kamara. So a, a pretty potent Saints offense, I would say, going into the season. And Jameis, he already had he, he had a 14 to 3 touchdown interception ratio last season before going down with that injury. And now he just has even more weapons to work with. I mean, we're seeing a, a lot with injuries recently, though, about how how quick guys can recover. 
Um, we, we talked about it with Cam Akers coming back from his Achilles last year. We're seeing it with Deontay Green coming with, into the basketball team who tore his ACL in December and it's looking like he's going to be ready by October. You know, guys are just getting healthier faster. And, you know, part of it's obviously, you know, medical evolution, but also part of it's just these guys' mindsets are just getting better and better. And they're, especially a guy like Jameis, you know, he's not going to back down from anything. Um, just credit to him for, for getting there. And hopefully he can stay healthy and, and put, a, put forward a good season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like you said, D. Lou, I mean, the Saints are doing what they need to do with Jameis. You know, you know you've got a high-profile guy that can pass the ball, and it seems like he's worked himself quite a bit. Working with Sean Payton during his time there on fixing a lot of his mistakes, and they're starting to build around him. You know, this is a two-year deal for Jameis. He got paid very well. And I think they're now this is kind of like the testing time. You know, they didn't really – they're not looking at, at grabbing – uh, future this is not they're not there's a thing in nfl you're sometimes looking for a bridge quarterback and that's kind of what the saint or the, what the steelers i thought were maybe gonna do here with you know maybe getting kenny pickett they're gonna get Jameis in two years but that just doesn't seem the case <laughs> doesn't seem to be the case for uh new orleans they're they're trying to keep Jameis here they're gonna do two years they're gonna give him weapons they're gonna try to protect him if things work you're you've got your franchise quarterback for for years to come but um if things don't work out then they just don't work out but you can see here Jameis throwing to first round pick really talented wide receiver chris Olave, which i can't wait that connection there is going to be fun to watch um because you know chris Olave and ohio state was already let alone fun but with Jameis passing attack his deep ball it just seems like a match made in heaven type thing doesn't it i mean Jameis is it's gonna be pretty fun to watch the saints this upcoming season yeah and they had a <clears throat> they had a decision to make um during the nfl draft especially with sean payton moving on and the franchise electing to promote dennis allen to head coach it was kind of and they they were picking decently high in that first round and some some analysts were projecting them to select a quarterback so it was really is the is the new regime going to stick with Jameis Winston or are they going to want to bring in a guy of their own? But I think it helped that Allen had already been with the franchise and you know Saints get on the clock and instead of going for a QB they add some more weapons for Jameis and you've got that continuity you you've got a lot of guys back on that offense who who played together last year and everyone in that locker room um, respects what Jameis Winston does you you've seen it with the way they've responded to to his injury and you know it, you can tell that that Jameis is loved by that franchise and the fan base and hope it comes hope it all works out for him when, when he returns from this injury part of it's just that ownership group they're not they don't want a rebuilding team because they're already going through it with new or with the pelicans you know just consistently rebuilding they've finally had a good season towards the end of the year but they want to be successful they want to be relevant um so it's, it's not a surprise that they at least went with Jameis for at least another year because um, I think of the options that were on the table this year, he gives them the best chance to win this year. Obviously, they could have made a move for Deshaun Watson, and that's different, but I don't think that was really realistic because I don't think they wanted to give up that many assets. Mm-mm, no. And he was just voted number two, and he's the second favorite behind Derrick Henry, which is – I don't know, we talked about this in a production meet. I don't know. You know, Derrick Henry came back and played in this number season. two for what? Comeback player of the year. Oh, okay. The article that you wrote last night at 3 a.m. Deshaun Watson's on that list too. What's he coming back from? Well, <laughs> just just gonna leave that out in the air and just not comment. No, luckily, no. We'll let the comments do that for us. But yeah, no, Jameis. Jameis looks good. You know, really, you can see the New Orleans Saints fans rallying behind him, too, which is really cool to see. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing a couple of those games in person, too, and, and seeing Jameis come back uh, to Tampa Bay. We got a couple of the schedule. We got the uh, schedule announced not too long ago, too. So some big-time matchups and for a division that the Saints have been able to dominate uh, for a little while, you know, I know Tom Brady has came in, but he's been able, the Saints have been able to dominate uh, that matchup for a little while now. So um, best of luck to Jameis. Jalen saw Jalen is back, um, arrived there in Los Angeles for some OTAs along with Derwin James and that number three, got Cam Akers and that number three. 
everything's coming together. Everything got Dalvin to a couple weeks ago, showing up to one of their, you know, voluntary workouts and that number four. It's going to be a lot of jerseys bought this off season. Just feels right. Doesn't it? Yeah, Just, it does. It's like everything's coming together. It feels like everything is sadly starting to come, but yeah, anything, anything really basketball wise, VZ. Really? The only thing we can talk about is, um, John Goodman or Jeff Goodman, I don't know his name because um, he pisses me off every time I see his tweets come across my timeline. Um, he tweeted out a list of NBA early draft entries and who was intending to stay on the draft. And John Butler was not on that list, um, mm. meaning he's still on the fence, at least as of right now, um, whether he wants to come back, whether he wants to, whether he wants to stay in the draft. Um, I had heard a few days ago that, you know, he's really thinking about coming back, but maybe some others around him are, pushing to stay in the draft. Um, he only has five days, five days to decide. The deadline's June 1st. Um, obviously, it'd be huge if, if John Butler could come back on next year's team. That, that team would look a lot better. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting because, you know, we, we talked about it last last week, how his, his first scrimmage game in his athletic testing wasn't that great. His second game was a lot better in that combine. Um, I'd have to pull it up real quick, but I think he had something like 16 points. Um, it was like four of six from three. Like he had, he had a great game. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I think Florida State wants him back. I wouldn't be surprised if he wants back at this point. But we'll see in five days. Anthony Plyte and Malik Osborne were still on that list, so um, yeah. looks like looks like they are gone. Which I'm not surprised by. They were elder statesmen and you know been in college already for five years. Do they really want a sixth year? I'm not surprised. Yeah, don't blame them. They've been here for a while. We're going to keep an eye on John Butler. Then that having him back would be, uh, you'd feel a lot better about that next season, 2022, 2023, than him not coming back. It just, it just makes so much sense for both parties. Um, especially after everything that we saw from Butler at, at the draft combine, you know, I know he had at least one good scrimmage game, but just the overall athletic stuff from him, uh, testing wise, vertical wasn't that great, you know, came in at, 174 pounds or whatever, which would be the second lightest player in the NBA right now. So it, I don't know, in in my opinion, you know, it makes a lot of sense for Butler to come back, continue developing, continue building his frame, display more um, an enhanced role this season at Florida state. And then next year you're looking at a potential first round pick instead of maybe not even being drafted at all right now. Not even just a first round pick, a guy that could potentially go in the lottery if he can build his frame out, you know, improve that handle, improve his, his size, you know, that, that's a guy that's just oozing with potential. If, if he can just, you know, tap into the thing here and there, and you're talking about a guy that's, you know, a borderline guy to be drafted to a borderline lottery guy. And I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's saying too much. I think he is really that talented. I think a lot of teams are thinking that same thing. There's probably a couple of teams trying to talk him into it going, Oh yeah, we see this potential. If we can convince him to go on the draft we can, pick him at pick 54 you know we got a guy that we could stash in the g league for a couple years and then we have hopefully a really good player but i think for butler it'd be best for him to come back to tallahassee and i really hope he does i really really hope he does would be a nice addition back to florida state's basketball program needed much needed Uh, i think that practically wraps up everything here um like I said, we're we're gonna try to bring we need we need some guests. We gotta we gotta start dialing in here. We gotta start dialing in over the weekend, not waiting till last minute. So we're gonna we're gonna work on that. I promise there's been emails sent, text sent, everything. So um, once we can all get a schedule here uh, together, we can try to get a guest on and really start dialing. Once we have that guest on, we're we're going right at them. I hope they know that they're gonna interrogated. So <laughs> we're I'm, we're fiending for guests. So I need something, man. <laughs> I need some. I'm coming right in. I've got like ten questions ready. That's just gonna go right into like it's, family it's not even an interview. It's an interrogation at this point. Yeah, you will well, answer our questions. Should we also congratulate Trent Forrest for his high school jersey being retired? No. Yeah. Oh, sure. Here's oh. the alarm. I feel like we should give it to him. Shout out the pride of Chippewa, Florida, Trent Forrest. Chipley. Damn. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out, Trent. We need. We need Trent on here. That is cool, though. Chipley, uh, not too far from Tallahassee. It's about an hour. Yep. 
good baseball team there. Uh, Tom said he volunteers to come on the show if need be. So if we don't find anybody in these next two weeks or so, Tom, I'm, hope I'm you get down. ready, bud. I'm down. Well, we'll interrogate you. Look like you should fish. We just, should we just do a live Q and A roundtable where we just have an open slot? We need to do on, phone calls on the podcast. Yeah, or Colin show. Yeah, but we That's just we just like yell at him the whole time. <laughs> uh, I was I want to do a phone really call. we're really angry. At, yeah, um, I do want to do a phone. How do you wear? What the hell is that stuff like that? I think it'd be pretty funny. Yeah, just roast each other. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I wonder. Saying once we have the guests, make sure you follow us on Twitter because usually once we have the guests locked up, I'll put a graphic together and we get it out there on socials. So our Twitter is at here the spear on Twitter. So. If we do have a guest, we'll let you guys know ahead of time on there. And also, I'll probably have it already scheduled on YouTube so you guys can put the remind me or whatever so then you get notified on your phone too. So trust me, once we get the guest, we're going to advertise that as much as possible because it's kind of just been us for the last couple months and starting to get tired of these guys. kind of gets old after a while. And I thought like this summer, I'd have a little bit more of a break from them and we'd have guests on, but we're kind of just not having any break from one another. So we'll probably kill each other come September. You know, you know what, man? I I guarantee within the next month, an FSU assistant coach will come on this podcast. I okay. gar- I guarantee it. I'm I'm done. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> well, all right, that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, anything going on the next week, sports wise? I know we got the NBA final, NBA finals. VZ's gonna watch the, ma- and I'm gonna watch my Warriors. I'm not gonna lie. Seven. It's not. It's not the finals yet. Well, I know that, seven. but I said we got the final soon. Well, they, they do start next. Oh, Thursday. dude, final yeah, start next Thursday. Next, right? Final start next Thursday. I ain't gonna be on here, so figure well, that out. Uh, well, now I'm gonna say that the Celtics are gonna lose. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be amazing if the Celtics? They gotta the make it trip? first. Yeah, please, yeah. please stop. Because last night, before we end it, before we end this, let me go on my spiel. Last night, they're they're the Celtics go up three two on Miami. It comes up at Boston 90 and four all time when they go up three, two, I've watched oh, three. I've watched three of the times they've lost a three, two series. Two, two, 2009. Miami, right? Yep. 2009, Orlando magic. 2012, um, Miami heat. And then 2018 Cleveland Cavaliers. LeBron did it to us twice. <laughs> so you've already seen it happen to Miami. It could happen. Dude, to it, it would just be total pain. <laughs> and they shouldn't beat them. They like, I'm sitting here ready. Them. I've got my credit card ready to put a finals ticket. If Boston makes the finals, I'm flying to Boston. Like, that was the thing. Like, if Dallas made the finals, I was going to find a way to do a game. I don't care where it was. I'm putting on the credit card. I don't care. Thousand bucks. But. Bogan, I need a what? Bonus. This is your personal. This is your goddamn personal money <laughs> for work. Yeah, yeah. I told you to take the Celtics uh, game day gig. Didn't want to take it. Look, now it's come back to bite you. Uh, Williams asking, "Where is Nate?" <sighs> Cooking boneless don't, chicken. Don't nuggets. you like? Don't you like this show better without him, though? Let's Damn. just be honest a little bit. The, the real answer is he doesn't get off work in time. No, yeah. for, for these early starts. Tough, but now we're here for you guys. Leak once for yes and twice for no. If the show's better without Nate, I'm just not going to blink. I tried. I just am not going to go through that. All right, we're really entertaining the crowd now. Uh, make sure you hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Hope everybody enjoys their summer. I know now classes are out practically for everyone, and school's out. So prayers to all you parents out there that have to be with the little ones a lot. Um, I also do want to say something too. And I meant to say this um, before we started the show, but I just want to, well, I was, it was actually he's something he's serious. Not blinking. Oh, he's still I don't, I don't a long time there. He has to admit. No, I want, I wanted, I did want to mention too, what happened in Texas and, and the sad tragedy that happened there. And absolutely still, I mean, it messes with everybody's brains too. I got a little brother that's going in the first grade now is just with him uh, tonight, but it's just, a lot, a, lot, a lot of changes have to happen in this country. You know, we're not going to go on a whole political spill here, but just thought we'd give kind of our prayers and thoughts to everyone, you know, though it was a victim and what a just, I don't know, monstrous uh, event that happened um, earlier this week it affected me. I mean, it's just, it hits hard, man. It hits hard. And, you know, this country, it's, it's tough to, uh, it's tough to live in sometimes, sadly, sadly. And it's just, it's scary to see what happens and 
this country and look at other countries, different numbers, man, different numbers. Changes got to be made, but just thought I'd kind of mention that out there. I meant to say that before we started, but prayers and thoughts to everybody involved there. But, yep, that's going to wrap up this week's episode. As always, you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. We'll be back here hopefully sometime next week, Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere around that range. Um, definitely appreciate everybody hanging out with us this off season. Uh, but we'll have some more content for you guys next week, no matter what. Everybody, enjoy the rest of y'all's week. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Same color t-shirt Mama told me not to sell work